Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Welcome to Reactive. Uh, we are in episode some very large number, I'm sure, by now. Um, and uh, I'm Raquel Velez, and I'm here with Henning Glattergutz. Hello, hello. How are you? Good. Good. How are you? I'm good. Um, Excellent. Back from the from the swamp, and unfortunately, we do not have a uh, Khalil, so he's uh, right. Well, so the thing is, one. yeah, I mean, Khalil is is tending to his flamingo farm. Oh, right. Sorry. Yes, little ones. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, so um, so recently, Khalil recently uh, got a a flock of of flamingos, um, and um, you know he has to tend to them. And, you know, they've been extra, extra whiny of late. So, um, so that's where he's at. Um, fun facts about the flamingo that you didn't know. Um, did you know that there are 19 vertebrae in a flamingo's neck while humans only have seven? Oh, wow. Well, it would seem that they would have to have a lot because they have a long neck, right? Right. Yeah. Sure. But- sure. But no, I had no, I had no firm number. <laughs> um, also, in the early years of flamingo care, zoos used to feed flamingos carrots, red peppers, and dried shrimp to keep them pink. That works. I thought <laughs> apparently it, I thought it was like that. Naturally, it is from shrimp, I guess, or some kind of yes, uh, yes, one exactly. one of their foods. Yeah, that keeps them pink. Red peppers. But then there's. Yeah, red peppers. Um, <laughs> so red bell peppers. Um, and but like nowadays, they feed them synthetic. I'm gonna mess this up. Canthazanthin, canthazanthin. Oh, That's terrible. Um, which, but apparently, it leads to more successful nesting and breeding seasons. Really? I don't, I don't know what can canthazanthin is, but it doesn't sound I mean, very healthy. Cool. So we're looking at fake flamingos in the zoos. Is that? <laughs> I mean, they don't really move very much. So as far as I'm concerned, they might as well be the like the flamingos that you put out on your lawn anyway. Uh, um, chemically enhanced. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Um, also, flamingos, you know how they have those knees? Um, mm-hmm. They're actually carpal joints that that bend both ways. So they can bend one way, which is like kind of freaky to me. I'm like, oh, I thought they only went backwards. I didn't realize they can go both no. ways. They huh. can go both ways. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they're not that heavy, um, so that shouldn't be too bad, but wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, here's more information about their diet. Um, in the wild, flamingos eat algae, crustaceans, brine shrimp, diatoms, and aquatic plants. But at the zoo, they're fed a, spe- a special, quote, flamingo fare, end quote, which is a nutritionally balanced diet with a texture like soup. Nice. To preserve their rosy color at the zoo, their diet is high in carotenoids. So, like... You know, carrots. It's it's the the stuff that's in carrots and they yeah. bell peppers and stuff to, to keep them nice and pink. Weird, huh? Yeah. So, what so. color would they be if they were deficient? They would just be white, or does it say? Well, so like flamingo uh, babies, little little baby flamingos. They're like gray. They're like huh. fluffy and gray. <clears throat> yeah. um, I'm sure Khalil can tell us more about it. Yep. next week we'll ask him when he gets expert. back so yeah so anyway um so those are some fun flamingo facts <laughs> i found i found my new favorite uh factoid website by the way um nice. the the san francisco zoo and gardens 
website, sfzoo.org, actually has lots and lots of animal facts and figures. And so, anyway, I'll share that. Cool. I have to check that out with my kids. That would probably be awesome. Oh, yeah. 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 Definitely. Do you you still have it up? What is their native, like, where where are they from? Or where where do flamingos um, originate Um, from? So... I mean, okay, so I'm specifically looking at the Chilean flamingo. Oh. Um, which I guess are from Chile, which mm-hmm. is in southern is in the South America. Huh. Um, okay. which I didn't know that there were I didn't know that either. I thought it was South Africa, America. But okay. But maybe I don't I don't know. You know, it doesn't actually say where We'll have to ask Khalil. <laughs> we'll have to ask Khalil. I really hope he listens to this episode. Um, <laughs> everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um, though flamingos are really, they last a long time. The average lifespan is usually around 40 years, although they may live up to 50 wow. years. That's huge. That is. Okay. Anyway, so fun facts about flamingos. Um, <laughs> what else is going on you went to a massive hackathon yes uh, like i said i'm back from the swamp and uh it was as i said my first experience with something like that and uh uh, from several sources i heard that this was an exceptionally um good one and uh it definitely appeared that way to me uh it was extremely well run very very well organized i mean it was almost it had like conference like um similarities so they had um they basically had all the sponsors do one or more tech talks, which they sort of mm-hmm. labeled as workshops. And um, our slot was 11 p.m. on Friday night. <laughs> so, that was interesting. But um, so, so just to, I know for, for maybe some people that have never been or, or how this one worked. Essentially, we got there mm-hmm. about two hours before the general, uh, the hackers were let in and we got to set up and... We were not, you know, since it was our first, not super, super prepared, at least compared to um, the other sponsors who obviously <laughs> had done this before. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so we were there with the likes of fa- uh, yeah, Facebook, uh, Home Depot, Chewy.com, and uh, JP Morgan. And they oh. definitely had done this before, you could tell. They had boxes and boxes and boxes of swag that they, they carted in. I think JP Morgan, I overheard them say they had like... 350 t-shirts that they were like spreading out on their display and they were they had some sort of system where they could raffle off amazon dots and they were giving away all kinds of other stuff and we had some hats and sunglasses and a few hoodies that were gone in about 60 seconds (laughs) right for sure (laughs) yeah so um yeah for a note for next time so we 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 know what to do um and and how to how to last a bit longer. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but basically the funny or the cool part was that that caught me sort of by surprise. So when, when I guess the doors opened to the library, this whole thing happened in the basement of the library. And you heard this, mm-hmm. like this stampede. And I had no idea why people would be running, right? So they came swarming down the stairs, running across the room. And then I guess the ones that came down first, they secured the, the rooms on the periphery of the big room which were enclosed you know glass rooms where they could basically shut the door and keep the noise out i guess sort of study rooms in the library you know so they like they came in and it was like they were running i mean seriously (laughs) plunked their stuff down and right when everybody had had a table picked out next target was the the swag tables for the sponsors (laughs) 
And I mean, within minutes, everything was gone. It was like, it was crazy. So it's like college even, students and free stuff. It's like, wow. Yeah. I mean, even, even the JP Morgan Chase, yes, like yes. everything was gone. It was oh the t-shirts were gone fast. I mean, they were just coming by and, you know, grabbing one of each and moving wow. on. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, pretty interesting. But uh, once that all settled down, we basically had people coming up to us constantly um, up until like 11 p.m. asking all sorts of interesting questions. Uh, the most interesting or the most common thing was, do we have a summer internship? And then there was a bunch of technical things. So people were sort of pitching their ideas and asking our opinions. And then while that was all going on, we sort of put our, we finalized our, our, our talk. Um, we very much sort of winged that, um, which I was really worried about at first, but it, it went really, really well. So we were basically were put in a, in, a, in a room where I guess we had about 50 people or so, maybe 60. And we gave our talk about how Contentful works and how you can rapidly build applications using that as your CMS. And so I did sort of the first half, then my boss did the second half and the demo, and then we took questions, and the questions probably took... I don't know, longer than the whole talk itself, which was great. So it was mm -hmm. like the whole cool. thing probably went about an hour. And uh, yeah, so um, for me, I don't know, the, the, the experience was really great to see all these people um, so enthusiastic and with so many great ideas. It was, I have to say, it was really inspiring if I had to sort of sum cool. it up because um, some of the ideas, they just, they're mind-blowing. I mean, so for example, mm -hmm. so we gave away two prizes. One of them was um, best uh, best uh, solution to a common problem, and the other one was um, uh, best overall technical um, project. And mm -hmm. so I did the judging alone on the... So first of all, there were 540 people that registered for this event. So it's kind oh of... Goodness. I think that's kind of big, right? <laughs> so That's... I mean, it's larger than most companies that I'm used yeah. to. So. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that many students in all levels from, you know, sophomore to seniors to masters. Mm -hmm. And um, basically they split it, split it up into two groups uh, because they didn't have enough room. So when it came time uh, to do the presenting on the last day, um, basically you got a sheet with your... Um, with the teams in your category. And I had about 40 teams I had to hit in two hours. Um, so I, I tried, I did my best. Um, I got to most of them and, but mm -hmm. the ones that sort of, um, well, not sort of the ones that really, really stuck out. Well, first of all, the ideas were amazing. Like from, they ranged, they had such a wide range of, you know, pure geeky technical thing to social stuff into medicine and like, like, wow, how did you come up with this stuff? Right. And then of course mm -hmm. the implementation, depending on, on the experience of the team that, that range that varied widely from, you know, not getting too much farther than the conceptual idea and doing some write-ups all the way to complete full implementation, <laughs> you know? And, wow. uh, yeah, the one that sort of stuck out to me throughout the whole event was, uh, was this team. Oh, and the other thing was like uh, so many projects or teams were had swamp in their name. It was hilarious. So <laughs> it's like swamp hacks, obviously the thing, but, but anyway, mm -hmm. so, the, so the one that stuck out was, um, swamp spectrum and essentially they, they had a fantastic team. I thought they had two comp sci people, one female, one male. They had a medical, um, major, which was a, a woman. And then they had a graphics person, which was a, a, was the guy. So 
diverse not only you know male female but also departments or or um, areas of um, of study which I thought was great that they were able to pull together um, this mm-hmm. this project and do so well in it and basically what they did was they they knew or they learned about studies where essentially you can from there was two studies they cited that with you know over 90% accuracy from the movements of a child between three and six uh, the movements of a child and drawing things with their fingers, you can detect whether they are on the, they are on the autism autism spectrum or not. So, oh wow, yeah. So what they did is they they developed a, or they created on a, uh, basically an, a mobile app for a, for a pad, um, a tablet, mm-hmm. and tracked the movements. Now they didn't get to the whole point where they completely integrated and were able to like come up with the algorithm that detected. That actually did the final analysis, but they they did a beautiful job in how they did it graphically. They had put a lot of thought into how they would actually do it, and they could at least show that they were, you know, recording the movements. And I guess pressure has a lot to do with it. So all the data they basically they demonstrated that they were, you know, um, recording that. And then they um, they would basically do this as a drawing program for the kids, so the kid wouldn't be like have have any feeling that they were being tested or anything like that and they would sort of emit as a result of it they would emit sort of a um an avatar of a, an animal and i guess they have like a limited amount so maybe four i think it was and that avatar could then be taken to a separate website which they also designed by the parent to basically that's the key to what the the diagnosis or the the preliminary diagnosis is basically it's supposed to help you know parents decide or you know go to the next step to see if they can um, or need to or want to basically have their kid tested because I guess the biggest driver behind this was I guess maybe some of them had some personal experience I don't know as far as siblings or in the family Mm -hmm. or something but it's a huge waste of time and that's just an assumption maybe that's complete bs but uh, I don't know how else you would come up with this because they had sort of known that you know people families that have this situation basically spend an enormous amount of time and money running from doctor to doctor because you know you get sent back and forth and it's not clear what's going on so this way you could sort of get a a a sort of a head start i guess so that was my number one pick um for the everyday problem Uh, i thought that was just really cool how they solved it and the team was fantastic they did such a great presentation it's like really really well done so anyway blew me away mm-hmm. so i had to pick my top five and then i guess uh that team wasn't really only my favorite so um some other teams or some other sponsors picked them as well so the way cool. this worked and i hope i'm not giving anything away but i had to put in my f- top five and then the organizers sort of cross-referenced all that and to make sure that you know one team doesn't get like all the prizes they sort of split them up so I actually had to pick my second as the winner, which was also fantastic. Um, mm. And they actually probably lucked out because I think they got J.P. Morgan to, as the as the sponsor that pri- uh, that the sponsor that basically sponsored their price prize, which was probably better yeah. than ours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's how that worked. And uh, then at the very end, we we were able to present the prizes, and it was. It was really cool. I mean, this auditorium with 500 and, you know, whatever, 30 or 40 people in there and sort of presenting the, the, the winners with that. That was really cool. So that was, that was my weekend. Yes, we were there Friday night until 2 a.m. Goodness uh, gracious. Yeah. <laughs> then on Sunday, probably 
10 to like 4. So we skipped Saturday. We probably shouldn't have, but we were just, we had families and stuff. So they, yeah. wanted, they wanted some time as well. <laughs> Next year, I think we'll, we'll send more people and we'll split it up so we have more coverage. Yeah. Yeah, we were, yeah it was for only sure. three of us. <laughs> but anyway. Hey, the are exhausting. Yeah, I, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> that, during, during the, um, during the, um, the judging, I mean, you could tell they, they were worn out and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty rough. So, but again, yeah. it was inspiring. It was really amazing what they, what they put together. So neat. Pretty cool. Well, that's good. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I am. Um, uh, uh, hackathons are hard, but uh, I do want to uh, do it. <laughs> I learned an interesting lesson last week. Okay. Um, so on on Friday, I was in a meeting here at Slack, and someone was like, "Man, we desperately need some mobile engineers. Like, just we have so many things we want to do on mobile, and there are so many cool projects coming up. We, but like, we don't have enough people, and so." I was like, oh, well, you know what? Like, I, I have a few followers on Twitter. I'll, I'll go on to Twitter and, and just kind of say, hey, you know, Slack's hiring. <laughs> and I had no, I, I was just blown away, first of all, by the, the response that I got, um, which was amazing. But then, like, I've been at Slack for like five seconds, right? So I don't know <laughs> all the ins and outs of how things are supposed to work. And so I am... Um, I didn't, I didn't like say much of anything except, Hey, you know, Slack's hiring, um, you know, DM me for details. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, and so of course I got so many people pinging me like, Oh, Oh, I want to work at Slack. I want to work. I want to do mobile. Do you? And then I had all these questions. Like people were like, do you do internships? Do you sponsor visas? Uh, do you do remote? Do you do that? And I was just like, I don't know the answer to any of these questions. How do I apply? What do I, what's the next step? I was like, oh my God. I like, like some of them are like the most basic questions that I should have been able to prepare for, but like didn't even think about it. Um, <laughs> so, cause like. Have the I jobs even PM, posted yet? They are. Oh no, okay. totally. The, yeah, the jobs yeah. are posted. The thing though, is that like, when you're like, we're hiring mobile engineers, like there are two separate job postings. Actually there's four. There's, mm-hmm. um, there's an iOS product engineer in, actually, there's more than that. There's like so many different mobile li- listings. So there's um, product engineers, so people who work specifically on the product side of things. So um, when you're visiting the app, et cetera, um, like when you're using the app on the phone, I mean, most mobile engineers are going to be product engineers, but not all. Um, and so they, like, you ha- we have the iOS ones and the Android ones. And I uh-huh. think there might even be, there may or may not be a Windows phone. I don't know. Don't quote me on Windows phone. Kind of. um, but definitely, definitely <laughs> iOS and, and Android. But then there's also um, like positions for people who like doing tools. So like not everything is built from scratch, right? Like um, one of the nice things about uh, larger companies is that you can have internal tools teams who can like create frameworks and things so that um, other engineers can like, they don't have to start with all the scaffolding from scratch. They can just have the scaffolding already there and then just kind of build on top of that to make things a lot faster. Right. So there are positions like that. Um, there are uh, manager positions available. There are QA positions available, QA manager positions available. Like there's so many. Um, though, like 
all of those positions are either in San Francisco or Vancouver. We do not, it turns out remote is not an option at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, internship season has either already passed or it's still coming up. I'm not sure right now it's not listed. Um, so right now we're not, we're not accepting internship positions. Um, and sponsorship for visas is tricky. So, um, Hey listeners, if one of you is like really interested in doing mobile development for Slack, um, but would need a visa DM me, um, Rockbot on Twitter. Um, and I will hook you up with a recruiter who can actually like answer those questions for you. Um, but yeah, so those are all the things I should have said on Twitter, <laughs> but didn't. And instead, I got a whole lot of people asking me lots and lots of questions, which I'm happy to answer. But I just was like, oh, snap, I should have provided this information at the forefront. But I didn't even know what information I needed to provide because I'm like, just so brand new to this company. <laughs> so that was an oopsie moment for me. Um but, yeah, yeah, and how, I mean, do, is there a referral program? So how are you going to get get your bonus now? <laughs> um, so actually, last I checked, there isn't a referral bonus program. Mm-hmm. Um, people should want to come to work at Slack because, like, like I should be telling people to come work at Slack because I like to work at Slack. Um, <laughs> and the bonus is that I get to work with awesome people on awesome projects. There um, you go. So <laughs> yeah, so I don't I don't think I get a bonus. Although I do get credit. Like I think there's like. I don't know. There's probably a, a tally marker somewhere with mm-hmm. little stickers, like little gold stars. So every person that I refer, <laughs> I get a gold star. I don't know. Um, but there is a there's a, a section on the form when you apply mm-hmm. um, that's like, how did you find out about Slack? And uh, you're like, yeah. I found out from Rockbot. Then they'll know who to like, either thank or be angry at. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they'll never be angry at me for referring people. Um, so if you, if you want, um, you know, if you want to ping me first and I can let them know and they can reach out to you or you can go through the online system and actually unlike other companies, Slack recruiting actually looks at every single resume that comes in through the online portal and like they try to respond to everybody. I mean, obviously if your resume is please hire me and that's it. Um, you might not get like a callback, but if you actually put in the effort and put in like an actual resume and a cover letter and say, I'm genuinely interested in this job, they will reach out whether you know somebody on the inside or not. So, which is something I really appreciate. Um, not all yeah, companies for do sure. that. Well, but it sounds like so. there's an actual department that deals with this. So that's, yes. yeah. That's oh a, my goodness. That's it's a big so deal. cool. Yeah. It's so nice. I don't have to be doing that like 100% of my time. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's it make so. I, I don't know, it makes would I would think that would make such an incredible difference if you have like dedicated people dealing with that. That's it's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. really 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 nice. Not only um, for 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 you on the inside too, but yeah, the experience mm-hmm. from, you know, the the applicants is also probably W- yeah. you know, worlds apart from if if somebody's yes. doing this as part time, you know. Yes, for yeah. sure, for sure. Like people will actually respond to your emails within a few hours <laughs> yeah. during business hours, right? Exactly. Like, like that's really nice yeah. as compared to like like within a day at um, at the most, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> at previous gigs where there was not as entirely separate department, you might take a few. <laughs> days before you hear back about things or weeks it depends um so tricky um but yeah so that was that was a fun 
fun learning experience this week. Um, what else is going on in your in your life? In neck my of the life. woods. Oh boy, let me think. Um, I don't know. Learning to delegate and letting go of projects. Yeah. That's that's what's happening in my life. That's hard. Uh, yeah, that's it is totally really hard. really hard. Oh, one thing I want to say before, uh, or I forgot to say about the the um, the hackathon is the other thing mm-hmm. that struck me is mm-hmm. just the um, like you realize how much you, you know. You always think like you don't know enough or you don't know so many things, and that you know you know you could be so much better at this. But then when you speak to people that are just entering the field, you realize like oh my gosh, oh, there's so yeah. much stuff that they have yes. to learn, and you take totally for granted and. You throw these words out there and you just get like deer in the headlights, you know, stares and, you know, what is JSON and all this? And it was, it was really, I mean, so after the talk, it was really cool. And it was really, I thought it was very impressive that a lot of them had the guts to just say out in front of the group, you know, what is JSON, for example. And so, so we, you know, pulled up some, some, some actual data and, and, and showed them and explained it to him, to them. Mm-hmm. And that was actually, it was really fun. I mean, it was really, yeah. really cool to be able to sort of put in that position to, you know, explain things to people and, and sort of, yeah, show them all the stuff that's out there and help them along. And the other thing was that, you know, you can tell when, when somebody hasn't, like written an actual web application before or even just like a website by building a you know using a server and all this kind of stuff and they come to you with these these amazing ideas and you know we want to do an android app and a and a an ios app and this web application and she's like wait a minute um you have 36 hours <laughs> you know <laughs> and to try to sort of find their strengths and and try to have them focus on mm-hmm. that you know and the things that they have experience with yeah. by, by not like crushing them and telling them right. there's no way in hell this is gonna happen you know so, <laughs> no totally <laughs> was, oh, yeah my so that was really really fun and i, I don't know kind of humbling just to mm-hmm. to see like wow you know there's there's people out there just starting out and there's this whole new world that they they have to all take this all in and it's like it's daunting as hell. I mean Yeah. It's like wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that, sure. that was yeah, that was fun to be put in sort of a and I, I guess that was one of the intended roles uh for the sponsors and that's why it was really um you know, it seemed like the sponsors had basically their engineering teams there, uh, which makes sense obviously, but mm-hmm. they put them to work, which is really cool. Um yeah. and, and actually really fun. So Yeah. yeah. For sure. No, that's, that's definitely, that's one of the best things about it. Like, you know, the sky's the limit. People don't know what they don't know. And so as a result, like, they'll try anything, yeah. you know, and you're like, but, but okay, okay, you, you, you do that thing. And, and like, so the, de- like, the good thing about hackathons is that people are like, you know what, I don't have time to like come up with the elegant solution. I'm just going to come up with a solution. And that is oftentimes enough, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then the downside to hackathons that I found is that, um, especially coming out here in, like, here in the Bay Area, a lot of students will apply for jobs and things like that. And then they'll think that every day at work is like a hackathon. Oh. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> hold up, hold up. <laughs> We need elegant yeah. solutions. We have time. In fact, we are paying you. You don't have to like be sleep deprived. You don't have to. <laughs> you like, shouldn't eat be sleep deprived. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, like, don't, don't push yourself. 
learn the elegant solution. Like, yes, the hacked together solution is important for you to understand like what, what's possible, what, um, you know, how to do this and that, but that's not all there is to it, right? There's so much more to engineering and creating companies and software and building products than just, okay, I have this really cool idea. Let's just do the thing. Boom. Cause like, you know, when you're, when you're speedily building like the quick idea, you like just naturally like cut scope, right? Like there's just natural things that you're just not going to build in your 36 hours, right? You're not going to think about security issues, for example, you're not going to think about UX and UI necessarily. You just want to make the thing work. And like, even if it takes like 75 clicks just to get to the thing that it needs to do, like, that's fine. It's fine. Cause it's just a couple of judges who are going to be deciding, you know, if it's good or not. And, and I think it's important to walk into a hackathon with like a goal and mm-hmm. it shouldn't be to win. It should be to learn as much as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's what I do when I walk into situations like that. Um, and as a mentor, it's really, really fun to just be like, kid, you have no idea. But okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. If you're going to do this, then let's at least make sure that you do it in the safest way possible. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like you know, you, you don't want to do it for them, but you also want to be there to kind of like, okay. And, and that's hard. Being a good mentor is really hard because you're like, how deep should I go here? Exactly. Um, yeah. Should I explain like what a REST API is and how it works from the ground up? Or should I just say, okay, well, you've got, you know, uh, puts and posts and gets and deletes and like here's a you know really simple like here's how you should structure your URLs just for easy readability and you know here's Express go go for it go nuts right like like and the, those are the trade offs as a mentor you also have to make trade offs about like how far in scope do you go to teach people things that they need to know exactly. so that's fun that's fun yeah, yeah but I think also the the fact that they, you know, are so enthusiastic and basically have, you know, in a lot of cases haven't done this stuff before and don't know what it mm-hmm. takes and how hard it is, actually in some cases probably is a good thing because they will try the impossible. Because when I approach a project, I just think of all the reasons why it wouldn't work. <laughs> and that gets in my way or I maybe don't even try because, oh, God, that's too hard. I don't want to deal with that. And they just like, you know, full bore. We can do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Anyway, so as, uh, on the on the other subject, as far as um, yeah, letting letting go of stuff and, and trying to delegate, that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. There's, so there's a few projects that I started, and I have a very clear sort of vision of of where I wanted to take them. And obviously, for many many reasons, I haven't gotten to the end goal. But basically, mm-hmm. to sort of be okay with that, explain where what the path was intended to be and why, and then see where others take it. Um, you know, keeping the the overall goal in, goal in mind, but, you know, not necessarily insisting on specifics, you know. So that's that's an interesting exercise at the moment. Mm. Any mm-hmm. tips? <laughs> um, honestly, it comes down to... So one of the things I'm working on right now is, like, figuring out, okay, we have all of these things we want to get done right now. Mm. Um, or, like, so Q1 starts... Uh, in February for Slack for reasons. Um, and so we're in planning mode right now and like trying to figure out who, like all the things that we want to get done, 
given the number of people that we have, um, how much of it can we do? <laughs> right. Yeah. And like, and, and the answer is not all of it. And right. it sucks. Cause you're like, but I need to get all of these things done. I want to get all these things done. Like all of these things work really cool, but there's only so many people. Um, and it's important to remember that you yourself are a person and only so much of it can, can be, you know, delegated. Like, like, like only so much of it can you do yourself. Right. Um, and like, what are your responsibilities? What do you want to get done? Um, and, and think of it from like that perspective of like, okay, take a list of all the things that you want to be doing and then think about what are the highest priorities and then think about how much time it's going to require of you to do each thing and then ask yourself, can someone else be doing some of these things? And if the answer is yes, then chances are you're going to have to let some of those things go. Mm-hmm. And um, it takes discipline and, um, and also I think something that doesn't get talked about too often is like, it's okay to let those things go. And it's also okay to be kind of bummed about it. Right. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of times we, we associate ourselves with the things that we can do. And while yes, maybe you are the best person to do a thing. You may also be the best person to do seven other things that nobody can do. And so having somebody else who's the second best person to do a thing might make more sense for them to do that. And from a managerial standpoint, I often have to tell myself, like, you are not like when when I'm delegating something that I really love doing, for example, it's like, okay, you are not less of a person (laughs) because you've given this up. And also you are doing the person who's picking it up a favor by giving them an opportunity to learn. Yeah. Um, I actually, (laughs) I freaked out one of my reports the other day because I was like, okay, career pro tip. This week's career pro tip is make yourself irrelevant. (laughs) And she looks at me like, what? (laughs) And I was like, I know it's really, really counterintuitive, but think of it this way. When you let, when you like, like, what is it? What does it require to make yourself irrelevant? To make yourself irrelevant, you have to have other people who can do your job. Now, you get to decide when you make yourself irrelevant, you get to decide who's going to be taking over those bits of your job. And uh, and for me, the important thing is that when you give away all of the things on your plate to people who are below you, that means that they are stepping up. They are leveling up so that they can meet you at your level, which then means that you can take off things from the person above you, above you's plate, if that makes Mm, sense. So when you let go of stuff below you, you can take on stuff above you. And this is, I know this is a very hierarchical thing and I'm sure somebody's going to call me some like weirdo capitalist or something. Um, (laughs) but like in, at least in American corporate politics, like this is how it works. This is how you move up in a corporation. You, you make your boss look good by taking on some of their work so that they don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And and so like when you delegate, you are making yourself irrelevant in a good way. Right. And um, now if you don't want to move up, then don't delegate. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and that's an important that's an important conversation to have with your manager as well, to be like, you know what, I have no desire to have your job. It looks yeah. really hard. It's not really in my career goals. I don't want to do your job. And mm-hmm. that's fine. 
Um, and that's a conversation you need to have. But I think for a lot of people who are like, want to grow, it's really important to like, let some stuff go, yeah. which in the process of letting it go, you're actually teaching people how to do things, which means you're learning how to do them even better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so like, like there's, there's so many positives to making yourself irrelevant in in a company. And, uh, yeah. So my poor so report after was you, just after like, you explained that, what was, was she relieved or understanding or what was your action? Oh, she was like, that's brilliant. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, so now she's going to be looking for opportunities for things that she can take on. Um, and, and also things that she can, like, she immediately, she was like, but I'm not a very good teacher. And I was like, yet, like, you know, like teaching, teaching requires practice. That's another thing that you learn how to, like, that's how you level up. That's how you slowly make yourself irrelevant, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like these are all skills that you need to do in order to level up. And I don't care if you're, um, you know, uh, a like level one engineer or a level eight engineer, right? Like. If you are a, a CEO, a CTO, like there are so many things, like every single person should be making themselves irrelevant in order to make the company better, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. Is, Put it is, that way. It does yeah. make sense. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So it's a little cool. weird though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, only only that statement. Yeah, that's, that's a bit of a shocker. <laughs> What? Like, what? Do you want to get what? rid of me? <laughs> well, in that job, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I want you to move up. I want you to keep keep growing. And I want you to, yeah. So anyway. Um, but actually, cool. that, that reminds me, I'm reading this really interesting book right now. Um, and it's called Punished by Rewards. Hmm. And it's all about, it's talking, it talks a lot about how, um, especially in American culture, I'd be really curious to hear from, our non-American um, listeners in our Slack channel. So please let us know what you think about this. But in American ch- culture specifically, there's such a, an idea of like rewarding things that it's like, if you do this, I will give you that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you hear it a lot from parents who are like, if you will please eat your <laughs> peas, I will give you ice cream for dessert. Right. Yeah. Or if you will please be quiet then I'll take you to the zoo. Um, but you also hear it in like management. Like if you finish these seven bugs um, or like if the team finishes the project on time, we will have like an ice cream party mm-hmm. or if like, um, or even the, the, the inverse, if you don't finish the bugs on time, like everything's going to be stepped back or taken. We'll have to take a step back and you won't get a promotion, right? Like, right. There's like just this whole rewards versus punishment and and all of those things. And that's, it seems to be very, very American, Uh I think. Um, And actually, you can probably speak to this, Henning, because you've you've kind of like have a foot in both worlds, American and what I'm calling not American. Well, I never really worked a a serious job in in Europe, so I can't can't really say. I did sort of an apprenticeship in in organ building in Austria, but that was about it. Uh, And that was a long time ago. Okay. Well, parenting might be different, though. I don't know if it's... Yeah, that, that is true. Um, I think that at least the little bit I have experienced is that, yeah. Yeah. It's more so, off-hands and it's... Or hands-off, I'm sorry. And, okay. 
yeah, it's sort of let the kid figure it out on their own kind of thing, which was really difficult sure. for us, which is, well, whatever. We don't need to get into all that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. But yeah, there is um, definitely a difference for sure. Yeah. So anyway, so like, it, it's just fascinating to me because like it, this whole book, it's written like a scientific paper. It's ridiculously long and really, really thorough. So if you decide to get the book, just kind of like read the first three or four chapters and then skip around the book because okay. it's just so, so intensely thorough. But basically, um, the author spends the first two thirds of the like actual content of the book talking about why rewards are bad and talks about how like when when we like the idea of a reward is like as this like goodie as a present as a gift um in in terms of like as like a a reward of for doing a thing and that ultimately it all comes down to control because the person who has the goodies has the control Mm -hmm. and so if you if like if you come in and you're like all right if you do this thing i will give you that thing now suddenly you're in charge right um and and actually studies show study after study after study which is why this book is so freaking long because he just talks about every single damn study um shows that when people are rewarded for things they actually enjoy doing the thing that they were doing less less ah so like <clears throat> even even like the the like any american student i think can talk about how when they were in elementary school there was a program to get them to read more and so it'd be like if you read five books you will get a coupon for pizza hut or something like mm-hmm. or you'll get like and it turns out that the kids ended up wanting the pizza more than they wanted to read so <laughs> they like would read the easy books. So they'll, they'll kind of like half-ass the effort yeah. so that they can get the prize at the end because the prize made it seem like whatever the thing that they had to do was actually less interesting. And yeah. so like, there's like a little joke in there that's like, if you want kids to read, tell them uh, for every piece of pizza that you eat, you get a free book, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> and like that would actually make kids want to eat pizza less and want to read more. Um, although that's not actually true. It it doesn't, doesn't work that way. Um, but it's just fascinating, totally, totally fascinating. And, um, and so I'm now on the section of like, okay, so if rewards don't work, then what? Yeah. I was Um, just going to ask you, so what is the advice? (laughs) Yeah. So what's the advice? So it's a little annoying because, um, the, like, you know, come up with a, with an incentive plan or a reward structure is like the easy it works for everything, right? If you're like, my kid isn't listening to me, uh, the students aren't learning, my employees aren't motivated. The answer, like the simple answer is, well, come up with an incentive program. Um, but there isn't like an, an immediate like counter example. Like there's not a one size fits all uh, actual thing to do, like a, like a recommendation of what to do instead. Um, so I've only really focused on the management piece for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but the answer that studies show is create an environment in which people want to work. <laughs> and, and like, so to easy. me, that seems that to me, that seems like kind of obvious, but then yeah. it, it occurs to me that it's not obvious to everybody. Um, you know, like basically creating an environment where people feel like they're heard. People feel like they're in control of their own destinies, right? Like if you take out that control piece of, if you do this, then I will give you that then people are much more likely to say, 
oh, well, okay, I'm, I'm into this, right? Like, okay, I will, like, if you just say, hey, here are a whole bunch of things that we need to do together and just kind of leave it at that. But isn't, and like, isn't it, that's a hard thing because isn't it the, the, the reason that you want to work there or that it's fun for you is different mm-hmm. for everyone? At least sure. to some degree, right? So how do you? Sure. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a tough I one. I think. I mean, I think I think really it comes down to, like, as a manager, you need to actually do your job, <laughs> which is like, and, and like, like that seems kind of rude, but actually, that's 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 the reality. Like to me, good management requires listening to the people, figuring out, like, listening to your reports, figuring out what it is that motivates them, figure right. out what it is that like they that they care about and then deliver right mm-hmm. so like when you have a really good like if, if you hire appropriately right like if, if, if you start from scratch and you're like okay i'm going to build an amazing team one like i think the wrong thing to do is to try to get the best of the best uh just like if you need to hire five people if you just find the five best programmers on the planet and that's like that's your only criteria then you're not going to actually have the best team because you don't actually know what each one of those, like for all you know, all five of them just want to be refactoring code all the time. Right? Like if if that's all they want to do, then you're like, you're never going to build any product. Um, So instead you want to make sure that you have one person who loves uh, refactoring, one person who loves building product, one person who thinks about security, one person who loves backend, one person who loves frontend, you know, like what, like whatever your requirements are, making sure you have a nice diverse team so that they're all happy doing the thing that they really enjoy doing. And then as a group, they're building something really awesome. Um, and, and so like, like, but that's, that's actual management. That's like requiring you to like, as a manager, not, not you specifically Henning, though I know you're a manager, but just in general, um, it requires managers to actually manage their team and think yeah. about all the deeper problems. Um, and, uh, another recommendation in the book is that you just pay people really well so that they don't have to think about the money so that like, you're not coming in every six months going, can I have a raise now? Cause right. I did, I worked really hard. Cause that's yeah. another like reward system, right? Like you worked really hard. We will give you a, like, if you work hard, then you will get a raise. Like then it's like, well, then the money is more important than the working hard. Whereas yeah. if you just kind of were like, you know what, just pay everybody what they're worth, like figure out what the market rate is, give them the monies, make it so that they don't have to think about the money ever again. And then they can just kind of focus on the actual work itself. Of course, this is a very academic <clears throat> book. And so it's yeah. thinking very academically and you're like, hold up. There are there, far more. There are limits and there is. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. But that, that, that all nuance. makes sense. I mean, that, that definitely But it's, it's interesting. That, so um, that's the book I'm reading right now. I thought it was kind yeah. interesting. Know your people <laughs> and make them happy. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Give them interesting <clears throat> problems to solve. Um, mm. Challenge them. Make them make themselves irrelevant. Wait, no, that's me. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So that was kind of cool. Cool. But, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Things Very things that I guess we are dealing with at the moment. So. Yeah. No, yeah. I know. People, like you were saying, I mean, how do you people? It's um, it's really hard, but uh, it it's also so really, really fascinating. I think, and I yeah. don't know. I'm enjoying the part where you basically can. 
achieve so much more because you have you can basically increase your bandwidth or your impact right than just doing mm-hmm. everything yourself you're so limited mm-hmm. you don't scale so yeah. yeah yeah for sure for sure for sure yeah. um so Yay! Yeah, I think um, that's. Uh, do you have anything else? I mean, I think we're close to time. No, I think I think we. <clears throat> it's time to wrap up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I blame Khalil for not being here. That's why, you know, you know, we yeah, those, we, we don't have quite as much. need tending to, you know. They do. I know. <laughs> I know. I get it. I get it. But anyway, anyway, um, we have a new person on our Slack channel. Um, Kilo. Akalamudo. Wow. Welcome. I'm sorry if I messed up your name, but welcome. Thank you for joining us. And you too, dear listener, can join us on our Slack channel if you want to. Um, You can find a magic link in our show notes. Basically, you click on the link and you fill out your name and boom, you're in our Slack channel. It's like really, really easy. Um, Come on in, hang out with us, have some cool discussions. find out when new episodes you know get you get sneak peeks and um and i want to hear more about like what people in other countries what their experience is with like reward systems um yeah that'd be a a cool conversation uh, yeah for sure um and you can access our show notes at reactive.audio so just go there you can find everything you need to find that's right and for this particular one this is actually episode 95 so it's uh, reactive.audio slash 95 and I am H Gladdergots on Twitter and we would much appreciate a review or even just a rating on iTunes and um, once you do that or if you do that we will read it here on the on the show and um, if you like it um, let some friends know about it and that's mm-hmm. all for me this week. I guess uh, Khalil is Khalil Tweets on Twitter. And you can also reach us at ReactivePod on Twitter. And yes. I'll talk to you next week. Yay. And I'm Rockbot on Twitter, like I mentioned before. And uh, yeah, be good people. Have fun. Do good work. <laughs> Make yourself irrelevant. <laughs> all right. Tip of the day. That's awesome. I like it. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>